0: Hey, YDKMers, Veeps here. I'm sure you've noticed that we have made some small improvements in terms of quality lately, and we're looking to make some more. The only problem that we're really having is a lack of sponsors, but I'm very interested in keeping the show ad-free for you guys. So if you want to throw a few dollars our way to help us kind of keep the lights on here and keep the show moving forward, we would really appreciate that. You can donate really easily on the site. It's ydkmpodcast.com, and there's a big donate button right there. Now, enough of all that money talk on to today's show but you don't know me shut up and sit down welcome back to you don't know me a podcast about people you don't know i'm your host veeps
1: and i'm your co-host today medusa
0: And today we have a very special guest, Spoonman. Hello. (laughs) Um, And one of the things that I love to do, especially in a case like this, this is over Skype. So if there is a little feedback, guys, we just wanted to let you know we apologize (laughs) for the tools here. Spoonman does not actually live in Atlanta, but has a personal connection to the show. So we wanted to bring him on because he's got a very unique story. Um, And I wanted to kind of turn it over to Medusa to tell a little bit about how Spoonman came to us.
1: All right, essentially, um, people familiar with the show have definitely listened to our fair episode with Callum that we happen to run in the same circles, that um, I'm very good friends with a member in there, and um, Spoonman here is sort of a mutual with him through tokusatsu, actually, which for the uninformed is Japanese special effects shows. Um, Think the costumed part of power rangers that um those shows have been running for a very long time overseas and that they have just grown cooler and cooler as time goes on
0: so spoon man um tell us a little bit about that too i mean to be honest with you i don't know much about tokusatsu
1: it's a bit of a niche interest
0: (laughs) so it is how long have you been doing that
2: um, my entire life and, uh, my journey through tokusatsu has told me that it's been around for like my entire life. Like I didn't notice it. I, I was a three year old child, um, on August 23rd, uh, 1993, uh, when Power Rangers uh, first premiered on television, I watched day of the dumpster and my aunt Berta's like UHF television, like with foil on the bunny ears, like. And that changed my life like that that moment, like truly like formed me as a person. And like since then, I've been finding out like I had VHS copies of Godzilla versus Megalon and, you know, like things that just happened upon my my person by virtue of like family members handing him down or whatever. So
1: you want to know something that's really unfortunate? My first Godzilla movie was Godzilla versus Megalon. <laughs>
2: oh uh, but you were in the the big fight era where like they were brawling them out like like linux lewis versus mike tyson or something like that they were, totally uh,
1: i just happened <laughs> to start on like the worst one
2: yeah it, it, it it's a it's a rough one
0: <laughs> so um So, I know that's kind of how you guys intersected here, but we actually really wanted to start with a little bit more of like your early life. Um, And I think you already kind of started with that with this. So, where are you from? Where do your parents live?
2: Okay. So, uh, by virtue of of the weird, insane story my life is, um, I'm actually from Tennessee. I was born in Clarksville, Mm -hmm. um, but I was raised here in San Antonio, Texas for like, you know, pretty much my entire life. Um, so I, I feel like I'm a Texan, um,
0: (laughs) that's definitely something to be proud of. It seems like,
2: (laughs) (laughs) um, I was adopted, uh, uh, father didn't want to be in, in life and mother was going through a lot of things. So she dropped me off with family members and then I kind of ended up here, you know, like, so I've been doing a lot of natural D20 roles, you know, like in my life to, to survive <laughs> yeah
1: but it seems the like, first
2: one <laughs> was being adopted
1: <laughs> it seems like especially with this case that you ended up a lot better as a result of it even though it is not a great thing
2: oh yes and i've, I've always been conflicted with uh that is my origin story you know i'm saying like i've always been Uh, at one point it it broke me and, and it made me, you know, do foolish things and perceive things in a foolish way. Um, after having a kid, um, you, you, you take ownership for the points in your life where others wouldn't take ownership with you when you were having to make tough decisions. Um, and it, it, it's very therapeutic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, having a kid and all the experiences I had to go through to get to this point, um grounded me and helped me like see like yeah by by the random chance that I did get adopted and someone did you know put up with me for 18 years. Um yeah, you know, I'm me and I'm 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 glad to be me.
0: That's awesome. No, that's I I totally get that. You know, I think we all when we're younger and more foolish tend to be frustrated with the cards that we've been dealt. But, you know, I think part of truly taking that next step and embracing who you are and like leaning into your life you have to kind of embrace it and, and say this is who i am this actually made me
1: those cards yeah, yeah they lead to who you are even if you have to resist them or go with the flow mm-hmm. no matter what those experiences do end up defining you
0: i think that is something that us in particular we could definitely relate to you on Oh yeah <laughs> I think Medusa, especially right now, with a lot of recent changes. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yes. So, um, so, yeah, no, I think that's incredibly relatable, and I think everybody has their story and their path. Totally. So, one of the things that you said early on was that Saturday Morning Cartoons was kind of a refuge for you. Tell me a little bit more about that.
2: Um, Certainly. Uh, I was a 90s latchkey kid, you know, like... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I my parents were super like into the fact that I was smart, um, but at the same time, were very busy, you know, grinding to continue to be poor. Um, and so we, th- my parents were just like never home, and I would always chill at my grandparents' house. And other than my granddad, who the, bless him, uh, may he rest peace, like he he instilled in me a work ethic, but then otherwise, he wasn't like hooping with me, and we weren't you know playing games of skate. So, I'd watch Saturday morning cartoons and I'd watch them. Um, probably at one point, I started learning dates and times and and like s- sprawling out my channel patterns and having favorite programmed memories on televisions throughout my grandparents' house. So, you have like um,
1: an itinerary for the
2: I day. knew it. Yep, from 6 a.m to 11 a.m. when wrestling usually kicked on, I was just like in multiple televisions. I'd be helping my grandma make biscuits and then checking in and being like, yo, what's going on with Ultraman? Uh, switch here, Digimon's on. You know, like I yeah. just knew I had yeah. it to a science. And is that regularity and that regimen that like, I, I think I, I it helped me understand a quality of, of I don't know, of, of imagination or like whimsy I like having in my life you know like something so rigid for
1: it yeah yeah just based on the two examples you gave there um it sort of gives us a bit of an idea of the types of shows that you gravitated towards because that both Digimon and Ultraman have this sort of monstrous heroism to it so did you end up liking the types of shows that were like the Ninja Turtles you know the toy commercials that sort of thing or did you gravitate towards the more comedic stuff a little more?
2: I, I kind of had, I think I took the whole sale of it, you know, like, yeah. so if I said like Saturday morning cartoons were my church, um, I would be provisioned under just general practitioner. I'm not like any one niche. Like I, I would watch like, oh yeah, cartoons and Kablam because um, I know they'd have like the reruns, you know, the next day. I'd watch like uh, uh, Mystic Knights of Tiernanog and like, you know, other weird, like one-offs that came out, Yeah, had the toy commercials. Yeah. Um, but then I'd watch like the Mr. Potato Head show and, you know, uh, uh, Ripping Friends and, you know, like all those weird, like, this should not have been on television. Toxic Crusaders, like, yeah, (laughs) I, I I have like, I have an encyclopedic knowledge of like Saturday morning cartoons from like Felix the Cat onward. Um, just from like my time getting to watch them. And it's, it's almost like to help me tread a path of like the media landscape and, and even how the media perceive children, you know, like it's, is very like surreal and bizarre, you know, because I get to watch so many shows now with like a lot of hindsight. Um, and there were a lot of things they were probably warning us about, you know, like <laughs> that. It's, it's just very, it's very amusing that these were only relegated to children when you know so many adults put so much time and effort, um, to like their canon, you know, like R.L. Stein you know, having like the nightmare room and, and goosebumps mm. creating like a horror anthology for kids, you know, uh, you know, like that, that takes a lot more to scare kids just enough. Right. And rather than like <laughs> terrifying them into never watching television. And yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I,
0: traumatizing I, them. Yeah.
2: I, I watched like, uh, around the twist and, and eerie Indiana, you know, I was really intrigued by all the like, Ooh, that's spoopy. This is yeah. a bunch of weird stuff in the city um I, I i appreciated it you know like it was all of it was 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 uh i don't and also uh, let me preface this too as a kid i was like a i want to say a weirdo like i wasn't friends with too many kids yeah um i got along with some but like then i would spaz out or they wouldn't like me or whatever. Spaz
0: out is a good way to put, yeah, like my it's, entire childhood. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's just like, you, you do, I don't even know the reasons why as kids, we would just be terrible to each other, you know? So, um, as cruel school children. Um, I, you know, was just like, sometimes not there for other people, but like cartoons seemed to be the only thing that were like my direct line to, to, something with narrative and something w- that gives me a reason to ask questions. You know, like, right. um, and you need that. Um, I feel like I've always been a, a person of great initiative as you were talking about the sh- type of show I gravitate toward are the, the heroes that just like have a fire up their ass and like, Hey, but we're not going to take this. And then they go and and they, they do something. And, um, I feel that Saturday Moore cartoons presented me enough depictions of many people across a gamut of universes that c- could do it. Why can't I? Yeah. So.
1: I think that's why that sort of narrative speaks to us. Cause that, you know, most of us have been brought together by comics and stuff. And that I noticed that a lot of us have that sort of save the world bent to us. And I wonder if it's just because that narrative, it, gives us a bit of hope for that you know
0: yeah that's that's kind of interesting actually i bet that would be because i don't know if if our older generations are as attached to like the stuff that like really influenced them in childhood right so think about our generation and our love for cartoons and our love for kind of our childhood nostalgia i think like we still are into those things right you know whereas like my parents i don't think they really watch
2: I mean, it's they were they were the generation that came off of uh, uh, work steady uh, retire retire early, you know um, profit, right? And my my dad, I, I I I can never forget the moment my dad opened up to me truly as like you know father and son uh, was like I had a play TV baseball uh, game I got for an Easter. Um, and if you're not familiar with play TV, it's like the Wii Point Five. like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's basically it's sole function was, it was a, a plate, a home plate, uh, with a sensor and a little fake ball and a fake bat. Yeah. And the day I connected with my dad on some real like level, they all right, we're in my living room. My cousin, Brian was coming in from his tour from uh, Iraq. And, uh, where's holidays. My dad's drinking. We're all playing. My dad, by the way, who never really played games, said video games were a waste of time. Had clocked, I think, forty-eight solid hours of just play TV baseball with me and my cousins. I'm oh. saying like, like, just, just nonstop. Like he was, he was like, let's move it to the garage now. Let's move it to the living room. So we had in our living room this big old gaudy like this. I'm six foot three now, so it's probably a little bit longer than me. Mirror, just, just in there. And there's this TV and we're playing play TV baseball. And there's a moment I look at my cousin. We're like, oh, yeah, we hit this one over the plate. It's going to be it's going to be great. You're going to lose. And he's like, nah. And then he swings the bat and then the bat breaks and literally by a hair of an inch goes directly over the uh, mirror and sinks directly into the drywall. And oh my in, gosh. in that moment. My dad, instead of being worried about the drywall or the mirror, looked to me and is like, so is there like another bat or something? Like, how are we going to keep playing? <laughs> and I was like, wow, dad, your priorities is exactly where mine are. Like, <laughs> like. You know, I do like,
0: get it from somewhere. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's, 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 I don't feel like it's not necessarily, they're not like invested in the things of their childhood. It's more that they're their parents were also probably like our parents saying like, but that stuff's, you know, frivolous and not here. And you remember at that time, like there were a small amount of companies doing it. You know, like it was very controlled. It wasn't commercially viable, but after 20 and 30 some odd years after them, it became the way to make money, right? Like it became so many companies, so many things. So I feel like America uh, you, I always believe in following the money. When I'm talking like Tokusatsu, I'm talking anything, and I'm like, "Hey, what's going on with this new series?" Blah blah blah. I believe you follow the money, and the money allowed us to then be a generation where we have just abundance of of Mattel and Playmates toys yeah. commercials, just like directly shooting vapid Technicolor emissions into our eyeballs, like. So we should really
0: thank capitalism for you know like, yeah. letting us relive our childhood over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll put that in the benefits column. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: But I mean, it, it shoot, it's it it's. I feel like yes, uh, when we talk capitalism and the the inequity that's like inherent in our in our culture, we got to remember that like we also created these things to remind us what it's like to, to envision yourself in a world where you are empowered to do things and, and change them. Um, th- we, we, I feel like w- what we're trying to stymie now in our society is the imagination. Like we must always continue to persist in like a whimsy and imagine, imagining things. Cause then what if we have AI that we're then having to say like, but is it okay if I swear at this robot for not dispensing toilet paper fast enough? Like, <laughs> It, it's we should ask those questions because guess what one day that will be a question we have to tackle when yeah. we're talking about we're living in a world post jobs like well either you better give people jobs figuring out how to keep their uh, robots happy or uh
0: <laughs> yeah you know like <laughs> yeah you're thinking way ahead <laughs> but i mean it's really not like a lot of these you're right i mean it's it's not really that far in the future that we could be really dealing with that. I mean, Google is constantly publishing about their AI that, and you know, the big strides that they're taking there and how it's developing, you know, from a really elementary level. Um, and then you see like self-driving cars and you see, I'm honestly
1: very excited about that. Cause I hate driving.
0: Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm excited. You and about... I both. Yeah. I'm excited about like when all cars are self-driving, if we can make that happen traffic will literally cease to exist yeah
2: oh yeah um yeah i can totally that.
0: living in atlanta with the traffic oh my god i can literally i cannot wait
2: oh my gosh yeah san antonio here when when it rains like it's been raining persistently here uh everyone just forgets how to drive like we, we sh- were in
0: a drought for a really really long time and it just started raining the other day and there were so many accidents on that first day it rained because it had been like what four months since it i rained? totally
1: forgot how to like do it Drive, i was hydroplaning and- a little bit and i was yeah. like people like I almost, genuinely
0: forgot because they haven't had to deal with it in so long
1: i almost reached for the break and i'm just so happy that i did not
2: bless
0: <laughs> bless <Yeah>. <laughs> truth <laughs> So um, I know we kind of got off on a little tangent there, but I I think it's all relative, like relevant. Right. So um, one of the things that you wanted to talk about was like middle school and how that was a trying time for you. Um, So tell me a little bit about that.
2: All right. Well, brief synopsis of that. Um, uh, I was I found I was adopted like for sure. Um, I moved out of an, uh, an apartment complex. That I had grown up my entire life. I moved to public school cause I was in a private school for most of my, you know, adolescent years. Um, I had my uncle, um, who I was addicted to heroin, uh, pass away in probably a very visceral gripping way. Uh, uh, I think my eighth grade year, and uh, I had my friend, one of my best friends, uh, commit suicide. Um, and that was one of the hardest like moments for me. In middle,
0: uh, in middle school, Holy
2: yes, God. he he, I was uh, about 11 and he was 16 at the time. Um, his parents, uh, his, he he was uh, adopted uh, to become a resident alien here in the States, uh, his parents were from uh, Ecuador and Puerto Rico. Um, his grandparents had immigrated from Cuba. Um, they were very strictly devoutly Catholic and he happened to be gay. Um, and yeah, um, that when this fa- family found out, uh, it just, you know, it scared him, uh, a little too much and he, he took his life um i didn't get to hear much about it until a few years later from his cousin uh and we, we when i went to go visit the apartment complex that i used to live in um i, I talked to him and, and followed up with him and and got the specifics and it shook me up because i was torn between the the idea probably by the age of 13 14 i, I, I was selling all sorts of drugs getting in fights all the time. I I was a terrible kid in the middle school. Like, um, uh, kids, young? kids hated me. Yeah. I, I, I was just like, I wanted to belong. I wanted to fit in so bad, but you know, no one really wanted me. And I felt like I was a man without a country, you know, like, yeah. so, you know, I was too, too black for the white kids and too white for the black. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of, uh, cultural singularity and, and, and racial identity, um, that was wrapped up in it. Um, my mother, uh, kept coming in and out of my life, you know, saying that she would, you know, adopt me and, you know, take me away from all this crap. And I had my hopes up on that. Um, I was grounded pretty much all the time. Uh, I was like violent, you know, I was terrible. I was just a terrible kid. Like, and I was terrible and the world responding to me. wasn't very much better. Um, and I think I had almost like lost it by the time I heard, uh, my friend had taken his life. Um, and then seeing what, uh, approximately, I think eighth grade year, uh, marijuana and middle school and, and the lot kind of had this like big catalytic incident of seeing my uncle, um, who had, you know, was addicted to heroin. It was like, Forget life, just so very self-fulfilling hedonistic kind of life had caught up to him, and um, he was uh his kidneys were failing and it just wasn't doing too hot. So I was had to basically vacate my room for an entire summer to give it to my uncle, um, as you know he refused dialysis and slowly but surely uh succumbed to his condition. And I had to see what it was like to truly give up the, the opportunity and gift of life. Um, and then on top of that, I had a girlfriend, uh, in eighth grade, uh, who taught me that the importance of self-worth, uh, and, and promoting self-worth for people. Uh, she had a moment that she thought it was smart, um, while drinking to try and surf on a truck and was launched into a mail, uh, mail. We had like those collective mailboxes in our neighborhood. Yeah. And she was just like launched directly into it and ruptured an eardrum. Um. And that was a very like, well, I'm not immortal, and we're not immortal, and uh, I have to take care of this gift of life. But what do I do with it? And um, middle school gave me that question. It was the first time. I have been faced with the the actual question of like okay so you've you you settled at least kind of settled on you want to be here now what do you do while you're here?
1: That's so young to be going through that sort of that line of questioning, let alone coming to a turning point by then.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it 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 helped me. Uh, I mean, tremendously to to honestly have like the, the, the glimmering moments of seeing other people just like catastrophically scrub it, just like, forget it. I won't participate. I won't, I'll just double down and be, and be worse. And, and it like hurt them because that could have been me. And I had to remind myself, like, I witnessed this. I had to be witness to it. So I would not make these decisions and not enable other people to make those types of decisions so um i had this weird uh romanticized idea that uh of being batman and i wanted to grow up to be batman Mm. and the one thing that i believed batman was really good at is not only understanding himself but understanding everyone like everyone is a potential opponent to batman but not because he do, he just has a distrust of everyone but because also he he cares about protecting those people and their interests and he wants to know what those interests are and so i think in that time frame especially 8th grade i was like how do i learn about other people and other people's interests like right. i know what mine are like how do i you know uh become more personable and amicable
1: yeah as strange as it sounds um you can kind of tell a lot about a person based on their understanding of batman in a way
0: (laughs) about how they perceive like who he is okay
1: because like yes i mean you know what i'm talking about I'm laughing because
0: that's funny but it's it's also true yeah
1: because that you'll see you know some edgier people that are just like talking about how he's cool because he beats people up or something but yeah, really the reason the character has persisted for so long is that he has a degree of empathy that's not as often seen in other superheroes. It's
2: it's just yeah, it, it it's it's calculated. It's one of those times that we see a computer feel. It is basically yeah. the moment with Batman that I've seen so often. Like one of my favorite arcs, uh, Bruce Wayne's a murder. Um he 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 does the separating his his problems and and traumas into different personalities um and specifically like doubles down on saying this is me as Bruce Wayne serving my time for a murder I did not commit um and the system is clearly skewed against giving me evidence and chance to to you know show myself and show like what what I how much I cared about Vesper Fairchild. child um, which is the woman who uh, was murdered on in Wayne Manor, um, and and then he has a moment where he says, "I can't, I can't serve this one burden of responsibility to society when there's a far bigger one that I serve by being Batman, by sacrificing my agency, my autonomy, my my resources, my wealth, at the expense that someone could oust me at any moment, and." I need to give up and shed Bruce Wayne and like the way it ends when he fights Dick Grayson and, and hops in his Batmobile and just like drives off and he's like, I'm committed to always being with other people first. You know, like it it is, yeah, that's never forget it. (laughs) So good.
0: So do you think that's part of the reason why you chose like military service was kind of that idea of like, protecting or serving other people? I mean, what what was kind of the
2: thought? Um, I actually just like want to just be real about it. Uh, I was so I actually let me try and start, cycle back to the skateboarding okay. question, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that okay. actually does lead into.
0: <laughs> OK, yeah. So yeah, skateboarding so. was huge. You you mentioned that. So tell me, uh, like, how did that play a role in your life? Because I, I don't hear a lot of people say, you know, something so poignant about skateboarding. So.
2: Yeah. Um, so if, if Saturday morning cartoons in my church, then, uh, I would say skateboarding was my trading card game. Like at, at one point in, in high school, you know, like, I mean, I was, I was into trading cards and you know, the lot, but like, I wanted to go to a magnet school, which, um, if, people in certain states do not have that is a a school that they say we have a specific niche thing that we're teaching towards and you can come and remote your children into this school and learn about whatever vocation or you know um so i wanted to go to this magnet school called data and it was a design it was a design and technology academy you know i was like i gotta go i want to change my life so i sold all my weed um, I used most of that money to pay for like most of the fees, you know, you know, getting registered and I, I made sure I got my grades up cause I had terrible grades in, 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 uh, middle school. But, uh, by eighth grade, I made sure to get my grades up so I could transcript in. Um, and about that time I was beginning to start making like solid friends from the people I told me to or people or people that I knew. And... I met this dude because I, I was really big into BMX and I I, I raced uh, for a short time uh, like when I was seven or eight. Um, in, in Live Oak we had a you know small league that we could win bikes from local bike shop. So I was like, bikes are awesome, mm-hmm. and and then my friend uh, Mark is like, hey kids, uh, y'all want to skate? And I was like, nah, that's lame. <laughs> and he's like, no, trust me, it'll be cool. And so he, he, he gave me a board um, and then it was just between me and a few friends where we just had Walmart decks and would just bond over that. I we would chill out in my garage, which then became like my command center for a high minute uh, where I had like an air, uh, air hockey table that I had like recovered from our back. We had a ditch behind our house and people would just throw things back there and I polished it up and cleaned it up nice an air hockey table at my Sega Saturn set up in the garage and I just come in and fix people's boards and we, we bond. You know what I'm saying? It it was the first chance I ever had at understanding what community is like and what like nurturing community is like and, and how to support each other. Like we'd be doing, we'd just be sitting there in the driveway doing stationary tricks just like, yo man, you can do that 180. Like just, just move your feet this way. Or like maybe if we kind of do this, we just, we'd spend hours on tricks for each other and we'd just be like there and empowering and positive. And that, that to me was, uh, the, like, as I said before, the first time I had been able to reach out to other people and, and exchange knowledge and, and a passion for something, um, without, you know, judgment or, or, uh, inhibition. You know, Mm. it was, yeah, it was, it's very cool.
0: I think that's like theater for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, it's such a colossal change though. Yeah.
2: I mean, and it is we, considering the world is your oyster with skateboarding, like we would go to elementary schools and and, and take on take on stairs. We'd go to ditches, we go urban exploring and find, you know, like garages that would like rails that we'd set up and just skate, you know, people were getting footy. I got dudes now that are like semi-pro and amateur like that. I just got to meet because we just by virtue of like, Hey, let's play a game of skate. And we just happened to go to a skate park in Kerrville or we drive all the way to Austin or, you know, like skateboarding was, was the it when I felt like in high school that I, I was like the token black kid. Like i I hate, hate that phrase, but it reminded me how like there are only maybe three black people um, in my graduating class uh, mm. for data. Oh, wow. And and yeah, I was like the the black kid that's cool with, you know, everyone saying, you know, 4chan level insensitive stuff. It was a very
1: <laughs> different time then, though. Yeah, it was.
2: Mm. <laughs> it certainly was. Even but, I,
1: the notorious social justice warrior, was like that at that age.
0: Yeah, it was
2: more. It's because we weren't stricken or introduced to people who would accept you for hundred percent of you Right. and skateboarding was the, f- I had finally, <laughs> I had met something else, you know, like I didn't have to sit around on, uh, Blizzard's old forums when I used to play world, uh, uh Warcraft two and get upset that, you know, my land crashed or whatever, you know, like I didn't have to, to play EverQuest I didn't have to go do those things anymore. I had, I had something else I could kind of also turn to and, and, and use as like, a support and best of all, it was something I could do because I'm also uh I'm like 50-50, I guess. Like the best way to describe me is maybe like Shinobu Sensui from like Yu Hakusho, a you oh, show, a dude yeah. who has all these personalities and each one specifically handle a function. And one of my personalities is very like i am a sit here and, and, and meditate for four hours, leave me alone or like (laughs) I'm reading a book and books are very brain intensive and it's going to take me a day, please. Like, (laughs) you know, like, so I have that guy and then have the other dude who's just always like, like, let's do it. Let's go talk to people. Let's like, forget all this reading. That's for chumps. Like let's, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's go do something. Let's go, let's let's go be in the world or whatever. And so those, those, those people are like always at odds. And, uh, <laughs> I think so when it comes skateboarding. Down to it,
1: that most people have this like conflict in them between introversion and extroversion. Yeah, I don't think anybody is really strictly one or the other, but that it sounds like you can really feel that dichotomy within yourself.
2: Oh, yes. It's like uh, you see the VU meters on uh, when you're talking and recording something and it's like it just one moment you could be on one side and then all of a sudden one thing will tr- trigger your interest. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. I saw uh, a dude working oil paints the other day and I'm like now just like I need oil paint. Like I've been doing all this acrylic. I'm, I'm tired of it. I need oil paint. And you just find one thing that gets the, the process going and you just kind of want to just tackle that moment while while it's there for, with you
0: oh i'm that, notorious about that that's
1: totally how i am with hobbies too
0: oh i'm oh. like the worst i'm like oh this is what i'm gonna do with my life uh, i'll like see something and i'll be like everything's different now everything's changed <laughs> this is my like thing my, now <laughs> yeah so my friend in college used to make fun of me because every time she would see me i'd be like oh my gosh you have to watch these youtube videos or this ted talks or like whatever like i would always come back and like she's like every day your world changes
2: yeah <laughs> It's, it's, it's empowering though. I mean, so I also came to the, the realization skateboarding taught me the one thing about these is practice. Um, it's, it's, everything is a practice. And so balancing the juggling act between these multiple like parts of me that want certain things are compelled by different things is, is glued together by the practice of placating all of them, you know, like um, and and I, f- I figured that out. Um,
0: that's actually something that a lot of people don't figure out. Truly. You're uh, so a hard one. it's a hard thing to yeah. learn. It's great. Yeah.
2: I mean, and it's, it's always moving. Cause I said, I'm juggling it. I'm not like, yeah. it's not like I arranged it on a desk and there we are. <laughs> yeah, but like, no, I'm, no, absolutely I'm, bad. it is an action. It is a practice, but like is with this practice, I have, I have learned so much. Um, so to get back to your question from earlier about the Navy, it was nothing altruistic about my, my, my reasons to join the Navy. It eventually emboldened me into altruism and understanding like that. But like, I was super like into myself. Like I was like, I, I was, I had to be the Vegeta of the squad at that point. Cause like, <laughs> I was like, no, there I am with great purpose. And if I am nothing, then I am all the somethings, right? Like I am. Yeah look at me you know like and i mean i was like i was like a tubby kid growing up and then i was like super swollen in high school and you know like i i just like i was kind of into myself and i mean you, i guess you have to be to learn to say like yo but like less of that <laughs> like, Yeah,
1: that's like, definitely one way to sort of propel yourself into being number one especially in america because we have this like we have a pretty elevated view. But the point of, and, yeah. and,
0: and part of the reason, too, is like they will break you and yeah. they promise that they're going to break you. And if you can defeat that, that's like very like macho. Right. Like that's very like I am like. Right. Yeah. So I get that. I totally get it.
2: And so I was I was the first long term relationship I ever had with a, a person like 17, 18 year old. Um, her, her grandfather was in the military and she said, you know, like that is, is a very honorable, noble, you know, um, idea. And I was like, I, I, I'm down for it. And I, I, while I was super into myself, I didn't think I was going to be making video games anytime soon because real reality told me that we have no dev studios looking, uh, my portfolio is is very sparse. I went from being the being a noob in 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 Lightwave to then being a teacher in our video game design class, mm-hmm. and I was like, but I've maybe made one user interface in a few mods. Why are you doing this to me? Like, so <laughs> yeah. I, I was I, I was like, this is this is terrible. I'm never probably gonna be making games because look at look at this crap. So I was like, yeah, this feels like a big channel for tax dollars. I'm I'm tapped. I feel I'm glad I got the experience and I, you know, did this, this, and this, but um, there's nothing long-term I'm getting out of this. So uh, I was like, I have no prospects for my future. I didn't really see a future for me. Um, And she kind of made me start seeing a future. And I was like, well, maybe if I had a job, you know, being in one of the most noble professions ever, like I can steer this ship into, you know, into clear waters. And I
0: think that's a I think that's a really common motivation. Honestly, I I know exactly. I see I strongly consider joining for a lot of the reasons that you're talking about, like not seeing the future, not feeling like you have a direction, but the noble aspect of it, like the fact that it's honorable and like no one's going to judge you for, you know, choosing that path because you don't know where you're going. Yeah. I understand.
2: In that time period, uh, I was 18. Uh, my mother and I got into fallout about my job. My first job was at Hot Topic and then subsequent one was at Whataburger. So I was like between two jobs with money and then I was trying to put my money towards cell phone, probably buy a car. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I, we just my mom and I were just like not in the good sh- straits. I had uh, one suicide attempt under the belt and we just were not like gluing i don't know what it was i don't know if it was me or whatever but the moment she kicked me out it was like the moment i turned 18 and uh i really felt that's why my prospects for like the future were like super down Was oh, okay. so i was like mm. i'm a grown man here in high school trying to to graduate will i make it <laughs> and so my days were yeah, normally <laughs>
1: yeah
2: my, my days were normally uh high school co-op skate for a little bit go to my recruiter, get a workout on because I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. And uh, so I'd train here for a little bit and then I'd go to work and then do homework or whatever, crash out, repeat. Um, And that was just my life for a minute. Uh, Had an apartment, so it was pretty rad. I got to skate whenever I wanted outside of work and and training. Um, And I kind of, I dug that life for a short time. But then, yeah, when I went to basic, um, it was just I don't know what caused it it was like probably I high stress um during one of our swim uh, exams and I went cardiac arrest and was separated from discharged from Navy within a few weeks. so oh, shit wow, yeah, it was uh all those were very like enlightening experiences like from you know realizing your own mortality, realizing that like you're worth something and then after finding out this person that you dated for four years, so, And did this for, um, cheated on you and (laughs) just only looked at you, looked at you like a novelty. And you're, you're just like, wow, I need to, I need to do something, bro. Like this is not working. Like, (laughs) so there was a lot of slap in the face that, that happened.
1: It sounds like the forced early discharge kind of did a lot of good for you though because that a lot of people that go through it just do not end up coming out the same. So you still manage to like. Keep a degree of you that a lot of people that go into the service don't really get to.
2: Oh, I mean, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I didn't have to endure a lot of like crazy stuff. But I mean, we did have like a fight like, so there was a whole three weeks where I was like, uh, being separated from Navy, which is actually one of the most telling experiences of my life. Um, we call it SEPs. You're in separations. You're technically a working division of the United States Navy. However, you were disconnected from the world via all telecommunications. Um, it's basically like prison. Um, and dudes who were there were handily either sick, um, or, or were there because they were like mentally unfit or, or like just trying to be dickheads. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we had a fight club in our, <laughs> in our, in our head or the, the bathroom as in, in civilian terms. So like, yeah, like that was a very odd experience. Like Jeez. the whole, but it's, it was more like what happens with people in close quarters, really. Like, yeah. you know, like yeah, we had we had a pink eye fucking outbreak at least twice because people didn't know how to wash their hands. Like it was, it was terrible. I had a, Oh God, I'm sorry. I don't want to go on a tangent, but like, yeah, that, that was, that was an odd time. Um, and it was, yeah, it was the time that I got to realize that I'm not alone, but I'm, I'm not with the people that are there with me at this. You know what I'm saying like the people that fulfill me at. And so I guess from then on, the quest presumed to just be with people who, no matter what you are, will always make you feel like you're a providence of their country. You know what I'm saying? You are like always within them, giving them something and, and returning it to them something fulfilling. And um, yeah, I guess I was in, in, in a deathcore band for a minute and uh, I did a few other stints with, you know, here, there, other people. Um, and then, yeah, with the money I had saved up from the Navy, uh, cause I'd started, you know, investing money and yada, yada. Um, I started going to college. I used my money to like pay for college. Um, and although that didn't pan out and like now what I did find out, uh, is it was, I guess we're trying to get to the, my first kid <laughs> <laughs> segment. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that the college like really um shaped me in in the fact that like now I have to choose what it means to be fulfilled right like I had to ask the question what is fulfillment and then like will will college will uh, will this career will blah 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 engage that will it will it help me yeah. state that and um College didn't, I mean, college helped tremendously, but like I, I didn't get to finish. I helped my wife finish her degree, um, over the course of the last few years, but like college hasn't really given me that, but a kid, this, this kid has fulfilled me in ways I never, both my children have fulfilled me in ways I never thought I could be. Um, is so as, as a person who had to go through all those parts of my story there was no cohesive narrative for me I didn't know that one day I would be able to tell you guys that I survived I never dreamed that anyone would be interested in even hearing it you know like um and to my surprise I survived long enough I've lived in enough trunks and slept on enough benches I've <laughs> had enough weird experiences to to know like hey I got like some tools I can teach these kids you know There are some things I may have that, you know, may bring them some humor or may help them introduce some imagination or some, you know, do something with themselves and like make them feel that the quest is only for fulfillment and is not for like the edifice of like whatever achievement society tells you, you need to, to maintain or have, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, the Japanese have a, uh, it's a very, uh, Shintoist, uh, philosophy called Ikigai, um, is the idea is literally translates to, uh, your reason for waking up. Um, and they have many residents of like Okinawa and, and other provinces, um, who live on average in their upper nineties. And it, they believe that it's because these people are always engaged and always like, um, a part of and integrated in their society. Um, I feel that my child for the first time ever taught me that, like, there is a place for me <laughs> to, to help. There's a space for me to, to do something. Uh, yeah. After my daughter, my daughter, my firstborn was born, um, I went out. My my wife said, "Hey, you've been working so hard. Go go do something for you." And I was like, "I'm gonna go to Guitar Center and touch all the guitars I can not afford." <laughs> and um, I I was going around and I drove by this one uh used game store we have here in in town called Game Over Video Games. Um, and I met my my good friend and the person that helped me go forth with this part of my uh journey in life um and we just started talking about games we we were just enthralled with one another just like catching up and then i happened to slip one day i was like yeah i remember uh what back day, i was on the news for power rangers live because uh we had power rangers live um come here to san antonio mm-hmm. and uh i was dressed in uh my red ranger costume of of that year and they kens 5 was just like hey so what do you feel about power rangers i'm like it's awesome So <laughs> oh, that was that was that was me um so yeah i brought that up and then he's like oh, power rangers bruh let me introduce you to this this world over here and he just like turns me to this tv where uh i was like those are the power rangers like no super sentai and and from there like yeah, and I just went on a different trajectory. That's just where I wanted to be. I I feel like I teach my children risk management. I believe the idea of life is is there is inherent li- risks to living. You are, you will not get anything if you cannot show with with some certainty that you're willing to commit your life or livelihood into it. So, I I believe that I've learned a little a better risk management and I decided to just take a risk and and do what I wanted. So I had been working for an uh, AV company for a minute. I was doing contract work here and there wherever I could. I was working odd jobs, going to school, balancing out with the kids and my wife, who was also working, going to school. And I was just like, is this life? Yeah, you know, like, um, I had my mom who had her foreign 401k with a dress barn. She had been working with a uh, dress barn justice company for like 20 plus years. Um, and when they went under or when they were bought uh, into a bigger company, uh, all her stocks in the company were sold right from under her. Um, wow. my dad had, uh, has a pooled, uh, he has two or three discs in his back that are just like, messed up and he works for shipping and transportation. So he's like moving boxes and like, you know, uh making sure eighteen wheelers are, you know, like loaded up properly and all that sort of crap. And his company, uh, of over twenty years didn't like intentionally threw him under the the, the you know I'm saying under the wagon when it came to getting his compensation benefits and he couldn't, you know, get workers comp or even, you know, his insurance to help him with the back surgery. Um, so yeah, I, I sat there and had to see my parents who had told me this is the, this is the trajectory and path that you should be taking. And if you work hard enough, they will take care of you. And then I was like, really like they took care of you guys, you know, like, um, so yeah, I, I, I ended up losing my job with the AV company. I was fired without notice. um, and they cashed out my 401k, which had lost two hundred dollars on their watch. And I used that money, and I said, "Yo, uh, we on our podcast. We have a podcast for Toksatsu, by the way. Just in the capital, we had we're at a live uh, podcast at a at a panel for I think Ushikon, and we we're like, wouldn't it be cool if there was like an event where we could just all sit around and and watch Tokusatsu from all over the world and like and just like be rad amongst each other." and then i was like we're gonna do that let's do that how do we do that and i spent money on my that money on my llc and and made my company and from there like i've been it's been trying because my company is not making a whole lot of money but it is slowly but surely making you know making strides and it's part of the
0: process yeah yeah that's a grind that's worth it though
2: Yeah. And that's, that's it. It's, it's fulfilling. Like I, the fulfillment I feel is because I'm putting something in and even on paper, I have a way to then say there is an expressive value for what I do. I can go work for a company. I've had to do like, Hey, will you mix this for us? Hey, can you master that? Hey, I need a session basis for, Hey, would you help me with like running these cables, you know, like whatever job someone needs me to do. And sometimes it'd be like, oh, well, well, it's exposure. Oh, well, like, yeah, uh, there's an, a non-monetary benefit involved. And I don't get on paper at the end of the year to like turn that around and say like, yo, government, uh, this is what I, this is what it was worth. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm still responsible for a lot of other things because of my commitment to give that person my time where I could have otherwise been using it to pay these commitments so i i learned the value of like my time yeah. and 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 by knowing that i'm doing this i know that my time has a return as a return that i'm calculating with you know the risks that i'm willing to bear for it now again there's this i'm on you know shaky ground because like at any point like my wife could lose her job car could you know car payment could go up whatever but like i'm i'm at a point for the first time in a long time that we aren't living exactly paycheck to paycheck um you know i'm able to speak to you from a, a studio microphone from a a computer that uh i don't even know how i happened upon you know like uh you know like i'm just like all this chance has been afforded to me and That's I feel a really great way to put
0: that. Yeah, I feel that so much in my life. All this chance has been afforded upon me. Like, I yes, I understand. And,
2: um, ultimately and 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 truly, the the chance I've been given itself has equity. Like, yeah. um, as as I continue to to utilize my time to to help you know other people and to help and benefit things like. I can I can steer the course. I can I can do something. And I feel like I don't want anyone to lose sight of that. That's why when um uh, I was tasked when Gorilla first came up, we were working with Almo Draft House. Uh the the film festival, the Tex Toku Tyson was like um it was like, hey, we want to submit these films and blah blah blah. We want to have a room, we're gonna do this um we all they're like okay well if you want to do that put some of your entries before this anime event we host has been doing it for like nine years um and have fun with that and then i go there and then my my lovable host there um is is, love the dude a a rotund bumble bundle of fun that Mm -hmm. guy um but he's also he's guys he says has a case of the poo brain so like his organization apparatus was just like a bunch of monkeys setting fire to everything and i was just like yo let's let's not do any of that again let's let's just do this let's get the community involved let's get let's do sponsors let's do blah blah and when in years two years time
0: so much <laughs> of what you death. just said just made me very very happy on the yeah. inside
2: oh i love the dude to death man uh, he's he, he served such a vital role to anime at the alamo Um, he's, he's our host, he's the face everyone sees, he's the warm hug that will, even if you say you like, uh, um, Shimoneta, he will hug you and say, that's okay. You can have taste too. Like, um, and I, I, I love him for that. And I love that. And, and it's like, this event has shown me though, that like, by giving the power to the, the, to the people and like empowering people to say like, no you can make a difference. Like we're having a toy drive showing dragon ball super in a few weeks. And I don't know if this will be timely (laughs) at the time that it happens, but, uh, yeah, we will be, we'll be showing dragon ball super giving toys out to kids in hospitals. And like, that means a lot. That means a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's, it's because I lived in a world where people had a failure of imagination. Therefore, they were not content enough with the idea of risking anything because what they had was all they could see from, you know, their parallax. And I finally had broken through part of this parallax where I can like help. I can do something. And I want to tell everyone else that it's like, it is only a matter of you practicing. It is only a matter of you persisting on whatever it is that fulfills you that will, that will Make give to reality. others. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, Um, And I I just want to be beholden to every opportunity, every every chance, every lesson. And I want to change to those because I commit so, so like heartily to just like just being there for people, being based, being the person that I wish I would have had when when I was, you know, when things are going down in my life.
1: It makes a world of difference because sometimes all it can take is just one person being there at the right time to completely change somebody's life
0: oh yeah
2: it, this is it is certain that is a, that is a certainty and so i i i kind of broke that disillusionment with the idea that like fulfillment in my life will become will come through just work or work on someone else's like uh dime you know like i i had to realize that like if i want equity i must seize it and if i want to teach uh, uh, the lesson of, of equity i must not only be the exemplar, I must be also the person that protects the opportunity for others to see as a chance as well. So, yeah, like, I feel
0: like the equity you're using the word equity a lot, but I, I feel like it's much bigger than just necessarily like financial, like, value. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely. Just it seems like you're talking a lot about just value, period, you know? like
2: social clout, um, yeah. you know, dignity, um, you know, respect, like all the things that we we use as currency, whether social currency or That's otherwise, like do, yeah. w- when we say every man has uh, inalienable rights, you know what I'm saying? You cannot be made alien from the intrinsic value you have in just existing. And mm. everyone in this world is persisting to tell you that you are somehow alienated from that, that you are other and you are not. You are all as long. I mean, and one day maybe we will extend it to dogs and shit. I'm vegan, you know what I'm saying? Like I I I, I don't I don't know what we'll be doing. I, I I to me I'm in my my tomorrow people shit when we find out people are andalites and they've just been transforming into dogs and shit to like expat out of countries <laughs> so they don't have to deal with people and shit. So like I'm I'm like I'm on the the moment when we're like uh the UN, UN has a seat for dogs and shit, all right? Like I'm already like thinking that shit. Um but like if, it like if such truly a great
0: world it really does <laughs> I, I mean <laughs> I, I
2: I feel again like the contract the failure of imaginations what had, had us forget to imagine that every person when we say person is a person like person not person asterisk you know black person gay person whatever yeah, yeah. person like and that that is my preeminence that is like my my primary function is to tell every person that like they are that you know like my wife they gave me that you know like and yeah, yeah i was like if if it weren't for my wife it weren't for my kids i would not persist to understand what my intrinsic yeah. value is you know what i'm saying and they they are my mirror they are the person they are the persons that like remind me like oh man if i didn't wake up this morning this floor wouldn't have been swept you know what i'm saying like you know just small <laughs> crap right like or like you know vice versa i get to see the intrinsic worth of like my kids you know what i'm saying like my daughter, um, we, we, we spend all sorts of time watching Tokusatsu and, uh, we were watching, catching up with a comrade X-Aid and we, she saw the, the pictures cause we love like Tokusatsu rumors as they start like spreading for the new season. And she immediately was like, oh, uh, the new Sentai, there are nine of them, dad. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I was like, yes. yeah, you know, like <laughs> this. Like, you know, like it's you the, the opportunity that, yeah. to share something with someone and and share it in, in earnest and then watch them like if they don't like it, they don't like it. I mean, my daughter obviously doesn't have my robust taste for hot sauces. Um <laughs> you know, like I, I can't blame her for that. Um but I you know what I'm saying like but if I share it in earnest, she'll at the very least give it a chance. If like my wife shares her interest with crocheting to me, like in earnest, um, I'm able to To understand where she's coming from, whether I'm obligated or obliged to continue using my hands like that, (laughs) because oh Lord have mercy, that's that's (laughs) difficult.
0: Don't necessarily want to do it, but you can at least appreciate why.
2: But I can totally see where that's coming from. Like you know, like if she has to sit here. And watch me watch skate videos and say that dude just did the dopest hard flip over uh Del Toro. And then she's gonna be like, what does any of that mean? Can you translate that to me, please? And then like <laughs> instead of like dismissing her, we actually sit down I'm like Del Toro, one of the trillest spots in California, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, oh, OK. And so then in the future, then she comes up and she's like, isn't that the Del Toro uh, stare? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like even though she doesn't know anything about skateboarding, even though she's like, ah, whatever. She's like, isn't that Aaron Jaws Hamaski? I'm like yeah thank you for knowing like <laughs> you know like, like so i i think if you if we need a world where people in earnest express themselves and we need a, a world where like people you don't have to go to, to every for party. clarity,
0: like right. what yeah. does this mean and explain this to me and i want to understand and to be driven to truly have empathy and to understand where people are coming from yeah
2: so that has been like my mantra that has been my life and this is like the, the series of weird events that have happened throughout my life um, that have probably persisted in s- sealing that. That is exactly how I want to live. That's how I want to teach my children to at least adopt into part of their, their lifestyle. I want them to know that like the only way to beat hate, to triumph over any obstacle is to love. And, 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 and transparency... Um, courtesy respect and just like in knowing who and what people are like they're people first yeah. like yeah you you will you will begin to start seeing the other uh nuances uh in the bigger picture as you go along so
0: i completely agree with that and i think more than even just like love being the vessel that fights against hate and the only thing that can truly trump hate. I think love is truly, and I know it sounds so cheesy and I hate saying these things out loud, but that's truly the only unlimited reservoir of power that we have, you know, of impact and force and drive. Like we are literally capable of anything when it's powered by that.
1: And sometimes it just takes a small amount because there's certain people like myself that are our existence is often denigrated but just knowing that somebody is in our corner and behind us can really make so much of a difference
2: Mm. love is so such a saccharine commercial concept that like it, it the it's like almost like telling someone like hey uh if if you uh, if you flush a toilet, it will make a it'll make a sound. You know what I'm saying? Like it's <laughs> like one of those things that like if, if you if you hear thunder, you'll see lightning. You know what I'm saying? Like it's duh. Right. Like <laughs> it's like you, you don't need to tell me this. And and it's we already know its power. We know its power so much that we sell it. You know what I'm saying? We we sell it by virtue of the art and photography we take. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We, we yeah. sell lust. We sell desire. We sell like we found a way to take this abstract idea and conform it to like the golden mean and then, you know, what I'm saying apply it, you know, across all things artisanal. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like it's because it it, be, it becomes less corny and more uh, real and salient when it becomes personable. You know what I'm saying? When it becomes something that wasn't already sold to you before. You know what I'm saying? It feels like something specifically that this person cast this line to you for you, mm. you know. Um, and I feel like that, I mean, for example, Power Rangers is only corny because like, um, I mean, well, they're a sizable amount of reasons, but like, uh, like high school interactions being so one dimensional. No, that's not going to happen. Tommy, uh, trying to act like he's cooler than Jason. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, he, Jason's probably going to call you and say like, Hey, but you had plenty of time. You had plenty of time to go hang out with Kim over there. You could totally come to, <laughs> to do community service hours, Tommy, you know, like, yeah. you know, like it's, it, 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 and it's one dimensional and, 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 and it feels hokey because it's not grounded in a reality of any, you know, person. Like it's, it's almost like a best case scenario. This is how these teenagers will respond to each other. You know, like, And I feel like when a message becomes a personable, it becomes attainable, which then it becomes something they will aspire. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes something aspirational, something they could then say, like, look what I can do. Look what it could from this person's instructions. I I can do this
0: and therefore feel that I connect to that idea on a personal level. Mm -hmm. So if we have
1: like one big takeaway from today, it's just don't be afraid to be cheesy sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I no, I think it is.
2: Live in earnest.
0: I yeah. do. I, 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 This is something I'm trying, truly, I'm trying to work on like as a person. So I think it's really important for everyone to remember that like vulnerability is key. Like when you open yourself up to other people and you are kind of cheesy sometimes yeah. and you truly just listen, you're going to get so much more. It's
1: when I started being a lot more genuine, I've literally never been happier in my life.
0: Mm-hmm vulnerability can like it people are really afraid of it but it can also lead to such incredible return so like you were saying risk management you know it's yeah. worth it it's worth the risk
2: nothing ventured nothing gained yep uh, or as like i had a friend that used to say no grind no shine like mm-hmm. if you yeah. <laughs> if you aren't willing to put in something for something that mm-hmm. can de- detriment you no one's gonna no one's gonna feel that you know, like absolutely but yeah, that, that's I mean, it's, it's really uh, I'm sorry I had to leave like a very complicated interim loop of uh, <laughs> of my, my life here. But like uh, I, I that's that those are the, the tales I have um, for you all today here. Just uh,
0: I mean, as an overview, like I I think it's incredible how you you had all these things happen like you find out you were adopted you you know intimately acquainted with kind of sorrows at a young age that most of us don't have to deal with like death and you know family's not accepting your friend and you know just a lot of crazy shit honestly happening to you and like you know thinking that you found your path with the navy and then having the universe say no this isn't it you know and just suffering that kind of crushing heartbreak And then finding redemption in a place that I think a lot of other people wouldn't is just incredible. I mean, I think the fact that you channeled it into imagination and channeled it into creativity and seeing like, you know, finding kind of a reprieve in like cartoons and and things that almost would seem childlike in a lot of ways and then finding such greater meaning in them. It's just incredible. Like your story is incredible
1: there's a reason that heroes resonate with us and i think that you are so acutely aware Mm -hmm. of the reasons probably more than anyone else i've ever met
0: yeah and it honestly it sounds like you actively try to be one in your own life and that's incredible
2: it's like it's it's all I have, man. I was a kid at three or four years old jumping from couch to couch thing. I was Spider-Man like <laughs> I, I I had to had to do something like.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I get it. You know, whatever, whatever ignites that fire for you is, is absolutely what you should chase full force. So on that note, I, I do think we can wrap it up. But I thank you so much. Genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, taking the time to sit down and tell us the story. This is incredible. Um. On that note, though, let's go ahead and wrap up. I'm your host, Veeps.
1: It's your co-host, Medusa.
2: I'm Spoonman. You don't know me.
0: If you loved what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Now, we do have some extra material today in the show notes, so be sure to head over to YDKMPodcast.com to check those out. Also, we are at YDKMPodcast on all social media, and our website, once again, is YDKMPodcast.com. As usual, the music in this episode is courtesy of Bensound.com. That's B-E-N-S-O-U-N-D.com.